Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today I'll be interviewing Rick Delarata. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify.
That was absolutely beautiful, Rick. What did we just hear you play? Well, um, it started out with um, kind of a, I think a little bit of a Latin version. I did a CD a while back um, of Christmas music. It was called Jazz at Christmas Time. And I was just, it was kind of driving me crazy hearing the exact same Christmas music every season. You know, I know there's a need to play holiday music, but I wanted to put a little different spin on it. And so I did some kind of different arrangements of those songs. And uh, on that CD, I did um, What Child Is This, uh, a Latin version of that. And then I did a more bluesy R&B version of Drummer Boy. So I kind of started out with a little bit of that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I'm probably playing them different than I played them on the CD. I'd have to go back and listen. But um, basically I started out with a, a kind of a rendition of that reharmonized sort of what child is this? I hope you could hear the melody in that. And then I went into uh, the Jazz for Peace poem which kind of started it all. It's a poem that I wrote on the morning of 9-11, um, kind of changed my life and a lot of other lives, lives and hopefully has had a positive impact on a lot of people that I've been able to work together with and assist uh, since then by trying to live up to the words of that poem. So I recited that poem, kind of made up a free improvisation underneath it. And then I continued that free improvisation with kind of a piece I, I been playing on all the different podcasts called Free JA. And it's kind of a statement for the importance of things like freedom of speech, our inalienable rights, 
um, you know, the importance of journalists to be able to do their job in an unbiased way and, uh, you know, the, the, to hopefully stop things like, uh, you know, the civilian casualties during wartime bombing, you know, things like that, these terrible things that go on. Uh, so kind of uh, uh, making a, a, a statement about the importance of addressing these things uh, for the betterment of hu humankind. And then I kind of finished with, uh, as you probably recognize, kind of that bluesy version of uh, drum, Little Drummer Boy. Yes, they all were just, I mean, just absolutely beautiful sounds. Um, and you've been compared to a lot of the greats you know, Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shortner, and a bevy of others. And you, I mean, I see why, you know, I mean, very great, uh, very great. And what is the inspiration behind Jazz for Peace? Well, you know, what, what happened with me was I, uh, as jazz musicians do, the jazz musicians you mentioned, you know, uh, we, we're fortunate enough because this American art form is, uh, again, it's, it, as the poem says, it's a gift for mankind. And literally jazz is either appreciated or spoken in just about every country in the world or sometimes both uh, in many instances. And so I had the chance to, you know, just um, not only that, but just playing with jazz. You know, you, you find yourselves in a, playing with a lot of different people from different countries, et cetera, a lot of diverse, you know, you run into a lot of diverse people. And I saw a common ground and that was that music has an incredible power uh, to heal and to bring people together, also to transcend uh, what we often find to be boundaries. Um, music transcends them in such a positive way. I mean, you can play music for someone that you don't even speak the same language with, and yet you're connecting through, you know, the art form and through the music and, and through the, the, you know, positive vibrations that music brings. And so I noticed that, you know, this could be a way to unite people in a positive way, to heal, uh, you know, our planet. And in doing so, I found that you could also... I could also help outstanding causes with what I have as a Jazz for Peace, a benefit concert series. And um, it started out just slowly in New York City after 9-11. Uh, shortly after that, then we, I ended up doing a concert at the United Nations where I brought together Israelis, Palestinian and American jazz musicians um, am amongst musicians from other continents as well. And then a benefit concert series that kind of just started out as something little and then just kept going uh, after a while doing them all around New York City. Uh, mayor, the mayor at that time, Michael Bloomberg, took notice and wrote this you know, incredible letter telling me to, you know, you've got to keep going. This is you're really on to something here. And so I just started to continue to, you know, I just felt like I wanted to make these people. Um, I didn't want to let anybody down that was getting it, you know, that was like looking at what I was doing and saying, hey, you know, this is really, this is a good thing, helping these outstanding causes. And uh, I feel myself that if we can identify uh, the, the outstanding causes that are really dedicated to making a difference, that are willing to put their mission first, you know, the achievement, achieving their goals as a mission above everything else, that we can um, really address a lot of our problems and just do a lot of good to reverse some of the challenges that we're facing. And where did you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York. 
Um, it's near, kind of near Albany. It's a, it's a little town called Schenectady. I don't know if you've heard of it, but. Yes, I have. Okay. A lot of the towns up there have kind of an Indian name. Oh. And where, when did you begin, at what time frame in your life did you begin playing the piano? I started playing the piano mainly because I had been staying awake uh, trying to catch Santa Claus uh, a couple years in a row, and I just couldn't get it together. I would, you know, I'd fall asleep, I'd wake up the next morning, and it was Christmas, and he had come, you know, down the chimney or whatever he does, you know, and I was like, <laughs> oh, darn it. Uh, next year, I'll try again. And this one year, I was really, I mean, my eyes were almost shut, you know, when I finally heard a bustle downstairs. I couldn't, my parents, you know, I really couldn't let them know because they really didn't want me, as you can imagine, you know, trying to catch Santa Claus. They wanted me to go to sleep. Uh, but I kind of saw something come in the front door and it was a big guy moving it. Um, you know, it was really a piano and it was, you know, the, the, of course, you got to be pretty heavy set and bigger and at least strong to move it. The guy was kind of heavy set that was moving it. He was actually, um, uh, his name was Andy Giotti, I believe, and he was uh, actually owned the had the piano company or something. So anyway, I thought he was Santa Claus and I figured, uh, hey, that's as close as I'm going to get. That must have been Santa Claus. This thing couldn't fit down the chimney, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll explore it tomorrow when I see what it is. And then I saw I was like, wow, if Santa Claus brought that in here, it must be something that I need to, you know, figure out. And so I just started trying to figure it out on my own. One thing led to another, you know, which, you know, my parents decided I, I, I needed music lessons and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And did you, is there anyone in your family uh, that has a musical background as well? Or are you? The there first? really is. Yeah. It goes back. I mean, you know, probably a big inspiration for me was my grandfather who came here from Italy with, you know, the, the legend is not, uh, basically nothing but an accordion and a wine press. And um, he really uh, played the accordion and he used to always play at the dinners and all that stuff. Uh, because of that, my father, you know, his son uh, had been a French horn player uh, before deciding that, you know, he, he wanted to go into a, a different profession, which was law. And then my mother had played the piano and she was actually the organist in the church. So I did have that kind of foundation. Um, and it wasn't long before my mother, you know, said, hey, you know, you need to start playing the she, you know, dumped the church church organ position on me. And, uh, you know, the next thing I knew, I was playing in the school band that played at the dances and I was playing in a grown up band that played at parties. They would sneak me in and out because I was underage. But, you know. They needed me to play the piano and all kinds of stuff like that. And it just kept it just kept going. You know, I quit my paper route, things like that. And why is it important for you to spread and promote peace through your music? Well, you know, because I've noticed that it's kind of crazy. Almost any problem out there. And there are a lot of them. As you know, there's a lot of problems these days. Almost any of them can be alleviated. Um ameliorated or sometimes even solved through music. Um, and the art form of jazz is really great because it has so many qualities that are stimulating. You know, uh, there's a lot of intellectual stimulate, stimulation with the art form of jazz. 
Um, you know, there's creativity, there's artistry, um, and, and all these kinds of things. And uh, actually, uh, in a um, interview, shortly after 9-11, um, I had written this poem, Jazz for Peace, and I recited it in Savannah, Georgia, at a jazz festival, right when things opened up, uh, after everything was closed down. And then uh, I did an interview, and in the interview, I just happened to say that if we fill our souls up with, you know, things like creativity and artistry and humanity and, you know, intelligence, things of that nature, we will have a better chance at avoiding the behavior that leads to destruction. I said it off the top of my head and that got picked up and went viral. So I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you ever do do it, you could type my name into Google and you put Rick Delarada and you put famous quote and it's insane. That that thing that I just said off the top of my head, I would have never remembered even saying it had it not been uh, recorded by the person, you know, who's doing the article. Um, it's just went, it's all these, you know, famous quotes websites. Uh, but I do stand by to this day, it really is true. And, um, you know, going back in time, I mean, music has just been, uh, it's just been a big positive. It's been a huge positive uh, going all the way back. One of my favorite stories is uh, from Tibet. And this is a movie, a documentary, and it's called um, The Song of the Weeping Camel or the something of the weeping camel. I think it's a song of the weeping camel. And if you ever get to see this documentary, it is so inspiring because what happens, these people are in Tibet, in Tibet and they're the guy's just interviewing them and they're saying things about how there's gonna be problems with the climate, even though they've never been to Western countries, they've never seen what we are doing and what's going on. They were just in their eyes there were going to be, you know, climate issues and they were just saying that stuff. So it starts out with them just saying things that they're feeling, you know, just just little vibes that they're getting. Next thing you know, there's a um, camel that's giving birth. One of their camels is giving birth and it's an albino. And this mother will not feed the albino. And there's this huge problem between the baby camel and its mother and um you know, there's a horrific situation. They try and try and try to solve the problem. And it's right in the documentary. They run out of, you know, ideas. And finally they say, well, that's it. We've got to go get the musician. And this musician that apparently cures these things is days away, like three days travel. They've got to go. And this guy goes with his camera with them to go find this musician that's like they have to travel days and days and days to reach this guy uh, because they don't have, you know, cars and planes and stuff like that. They reach him and they just tell him, you've got it. You know, you've got it. He comes up there with instruments and he puts an instrument on the mother that reverberates and he puts another instrument, something else nearby. And then he starts playing a violin and they bring the camel and they bring the mother and the baby close to each other. And for hours and hours, he plays his instrument revert, which also reverbs onto the other instrument on the, on the mother's side on each side. I think these things reverberate and he plays until the mother starts weeping and then that's it. The mother accepted the child, and that's the end of it. Wow. Music has been instrumental uh, throughout the ages. 
and it's really good to hear that you really, you know, taken on this healing aspect, you know, um, this, um, just playing for peace. There's healing and peace, you know, when we have rest and peace and tranquility, there's a healing element to it. And I'm really happy that you've uh, taken this on. You, uh, are you on any social media platforms? Yeah, I am on all of them. Uh, you know, some of them we pay more attention to than others. Um, like LinkedIn is, uh, wow, between some of our team members, there's like 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. If you go from me personally to our senior event coordinator to the grant administrator to people like that. So there's a lot of connections on LinkedIn. There's also, of course, Facebook and, uh, you know, your Instagram and, and those other ones as well. Of course, there is the Jazz for Peace website, which is jazzforpeace.org, just jazzforpeace.org. And then myname.com is also uh, there for people who might just want to learn about me or find out information, you know, about me specifically. That's just rickdolorada.com. And going on your website, if they would like to you know, contact you for, you know, your mm -hmm. gift performance or anything, they could do it there as well. Yeah, what I really like, because uh, what we do that's, you know, what's really been successful from, for us is this fundraising model that we have that's helped all these outstanding causes. And uh, a lot of it is uh, basically what people do is they'll learn some stuff about Jazz for Peace. It could even be this podcast. And they can simply, uh, you know, listen to this podcast and they can say, you know what, I heard, and they can send us an email. Uh, and the email is just our basic email address, which is info at jazzforpeace.org. So that's I-N-F-O at J-A-Z-Z-F-O-R-P-E-A-C-E dot O-R-G. Very simple email address. And they could say, hey, you know, I, I listened to the podcast with Maurice and I this, I was, they can say whatever they want after that, whatever comes to their mind. That is a little seedling, a comment. So it's all patterned after a tree and that starts the process. In other words, a seedling falls from a tree, you know, trees, thousands of seedlings will fall every fall, you know, every, uh, every season. And some of them will grow into a tree. And if it's an outstanding cause, we will take that comment that they initially sent us by email and try to go to the next step, which is to get grow that into roots and grow that into, you know, branches. And basically it's an empowerment tree. And you can find out a lot about that uh, at, by uh, another simple email address, which is basically our Know the Funder page. We always say that the best thing uh, the most important three words in philanthropy, which nobody seems to know, is know the funder. And the more you know about us, the more we can help you. So you can actually go to jazzforpeace.org forward slash or backslash, whatever they call it. Then just the words know the funder dot PDF. And you can check out anything you could check out. You know, you could click on this link, which will probably be there for, you know, upcoming news when that when this comes out. Uh, or you could videos or whatever you want. And, um, you know, that helps you to learn about us. So if you go to the bottom of that page, we actually have a visual of how that empowerment tree grows. And we also have testimonials from just hundreds and hundreds of organizations that we've helped in their very own words for people to read. 
What is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Okay, so I had um, I had someone, there was a print article that came out. And in that print article, they asked me, what are the five things that, they want to know the five things that made me happy. And um, I kind of said, <clears throat> uh, I, I, oh, here it is actually. I'm going to click on it real quick. Okay, so I basically said the five things that make me happy. And I just kind of think it was like, find things that work for you. Now, the first one I said was find a philosophy that works for you. Then I said, find a hobby that works for you. Find an activity that works for you. Find a goal that works for you. Find personal and social interactions that work for you. And I'm going to give you the first one, which is find a philosophy that works for you. Uh, it took me a long time to even think this was all that important, but a philosophy that I found works for me is this is for me and you, you know everyone should find their own. Mine was actually stoicism. It comes from um, this guy uh, who was a, um, he was a, a Roman emperor for 32 years, the last of the good Roman emperors. His name was Marcus Aurelius. He basically just wrote little notes to himself Never expected it to be a book, never expected it to be published, never even wanted anyone to see it. It was found after he died and uh, someone made a book out of it. I believe it's called Meditations. And then there, there are these other people that had similar philosophies to his and they kind of grouped them together. They call it Stoicism. And what's kind of cool about it for me is it uh, just puts things into perspective. It says a lot of interesting things that, you know, um, that just a lot of little lessons that make it, you know, uh, inspiring, very inspiring philosophy. So that's what I would suggest. Find a philosophy that works for you. One interesting one that, you know, is, is one wouldn't think about it. It says really that it's not really important to seek credit for what you do. It's really to do it is more important than to get credit for it, so to speak. So that's kind of an interesting one, which makes me feel like, you know, uh, the achievement is the inner wealth and if i get credit for it then all then you know that's fine thank you for listening to the new mind creator podcast with your host maurice the new mind creator this podcast has been sponsored by abundant sports and true serum Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.